0: It would be really helpful if you could turn to, to that passage Rick read to us. It's uh, in Mark's Gospel and it's page 1001. Page 1001. If you're using one of the church Bibles. There are all kinds of stories, if you like, narratives available to us about the best way to live our life, what, what would give us the most happiness or the most success. One of those narratives is the narrative that Christians tell. It's the narrative about Jesus. And the question I want us to think about this morning is, Why should anybody ever consider choosing the Jesus narrative for their life? Why? We're in church, and so you would expect people here to be fairly enthusiastic, by and large, for that narrative. But even for those of us who've been coming for a long time and have been around Christian things, I think it's worth asking that question. Why am I a Christian? What convincing reasons do I have? What convictions, perhaps better, do I have for being a follower of Jesus? So there we have it. Why should anybody consider following the Jesus option for their life? I want to look at three reasons this morning. first one is is this. There is nobody like Jesus Christ, nobody. No wise person, no philosopher of the past, no religious figure, no guru, no expert. There is nobody like Jesus Christ. And at the end of the day, we are all listening to somebody or some people. We're listening to their wisdom and to their advice. When we're children, we listen to our parents to a greater or lesser degree. As we grow up, we listen to the experts, we listen to those around us. We take things on board for our life and we set the course of our life as far as we possibly can according to the best lights around us. So we're all following somebody or something. But there's nobody, nobody like Jesus Christ. Notice how Mark's gospel begins, the beginning of the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. It's an opening statement about who Jesus is and what he's about. And they're wonderful words, they're fantastic, and they're the kinds of things that you hear in church. And to some of us, we think, what? What's all that about? Good news, gospel, Jesus Christ. Christ, Son of God, what does that mean? Well, it means there is nobody like Jesus. Nobody. Notice how the story begins. After that opening, we have this story about John the Baptist who turns up. And as John turns up, he turns up with these echoes of an ancient prophecy in the past. That one day, one day God himself will turn up and he will do something about this world. And he will change things. And he will call people to a life that's life in all its fullness. A new kind of life, a new kind of experience, a new kind of trajectory, a new hope for human existence. And when John appears on the scene, that's the background, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. God is going to come. That's the ancient prophecy. And so John turns up and you can see that there's something going on in the way that he looks and the things that he says. First of all, have a look at the way that he's dressed. There it is in verse 6 it talks about him being dressed in this weird outfit camel's hair leather belt around his waist can i tell you that in the first century even in the first century that was never classed as designer clothing never it was weird What's it all about? It's an echo back to the past. There is somebody, something about John, and the message that he brings is extraordinary. So please take note not just of what he's saying, but how he looks is meant to disturb people and he calls people to respond, to prepare because that ancient prophecy is about to come to pass. God is about to turn up and he's going to do something. And in verse 7, He talks about that one who is to come. I get you wet, says John. And that's a sign. So those of you who want to be prepared, you come and get wet, be baptized. But there's somebody else coming. And I cannot compare with the one who is to come. I'm not even worthy to deal with his shoes. That's the background. God is going to come. And John the Baptist, echoing those ancient words, says, This is it. He's about to come. Do you notice who turns up? Have a look at the text. Look at what it says. In verse 9. Amongst the crowds, there's a man who appears. He looks like everybody else. He comes from a very unspectacular part of the country. He comes from a very unspectacular town called Nazareth. There's nothing special about any of those things in so many ways. He doesn't come from the capital city. He doesn't come from a prestigious university. He hasn't been to Harvard or Yale. He hasn't got all those credentials that count for so much. He is Jesus from Nazareth. And he, like the crowds, gets baptized. But do you notice what happens? Notice what happens. There's a voice from heaven. God speaks. And God says, this one is different. He is my son. There's nobody like Jesus. You can listen to all kinds of voices from the past or the present. Spectacular people who will claim spectacular things sometimes. There is nobody but nobody like Jesus. No one else does God say, this is my beloved son. He is special. So who are you following? Who are the people who set the direction of your life? there's nobody like Jesus. And you notice where he goes next? It says the Spirit sends him out into the desert, into the wilderness, to be tempted by Satan. That sets the trajectory for the whole of Jesus' life. He is taking all that's rotten and evil about our world, and he's going to take it on board, and he is going to defeat it. Who else does that? Which other great figure of history Which other person who's in the news of the moment could come anywhere close to that? George Bush had his war on terror. We're going to defeat terror. We can't even do that, can we? We can't save people. We save some and then ruin the lives of others. We are incapable of saving our world. But this one takes on evil and he will finally defeat it there's nobody like jesus no one compares so who are you following why is it worth considering being a christian and taking that seriously because at the heart of christianity is jesus christ and it's a call to give your life to him and to follow him and there's nobody compares. That's the first reason. Second reason is because what Jesus offers us is life. It's an invitation to be part of something utterly different. Have a look at verse 14 and 15, would you please? Uh, John, John's ministry comes to an end in verse 13. He gets put in Uh, jail in verse 14 he gets put in prison and Jesus begins his period of, of talking about what he's about his ministry and there's a summary statement about what that's about what his message is what this good news of God is and it's there in verse 15 the kingdom of God has come it's drawn near repent and believe the good news That's an invitation for people to become part of something completely different. Why should you consider Christianity? Because Christianity offers an invitation through the Lord Jesus to be part of something different. Life transforming. To be part of the kingdom of God. I talked earlier about the narratives that there are about uh, life. One of the narratives goes something like this. If you want the best possible kind of life, then work really hard when you're at school and do really well in your HSCs. I think for most of you that's too late. Not quite, but anyway. Anyway. And then when you've done that, because you get a good mark in your HSCs, you could be able to go to a really good university. And so you can get a really good, onto a really good degree course. So that, well, provided you work really hard, because when you're at university, you must work really hard in order to get a good degree so that you get a good job so that you get a nice house, You're financially secure, so you can live well. That's, roughly speaking, how the narrative goes so often, isn't it? Or or, or take a a complementary narrative. Make sure you have good friends and get a good relationship, get married, or have somebody very special in your life. And if you've got both of those things... That's life. Have you noticed that whichever of those narratives you follow, they all end in the same place? You notice that? We all die. We don't take anything with us. Not only that, but those narratives are only as good as you can make them. You see, what we're effectively doing when we follow those narratives is building our own little kingdom, the kingdom of me. And when we follow those narratives, life will only ever be as good as you are able to make it. In dealing with the circumstances that come that you can't control, and trying to take the other circumstances and turn them to the best possible result. Your life will only ever be as great as you are. Do you realize that? It will never be any greater. But when you respond to Jesus, you become part of something different. It's called the kingdom of, not me, the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is as great and expansive as God himself. If you just go your own way and follow your narrative, the one that somebody's told you about, listen to the voices that are around. Your life will never be greater than you can make it. Never greater than you But when you become part of the kingdom of God, you become part of something that's as great and expansive as God himself. Jesus once said, I've come to bring people life, and not just any kind of life, but life to the full. That's what happens when you become part of the kingdom of Jesus Christ, the kingdom of God, when you respond to him. So why should you take Christianity seriously? Because there's nobody like Jesus, and because there is nothing like being part of the kingdom of God, that's why. And then there's a third reason. Because God cares about people. He cares about you. He cares passionately about people. We live in a world where in so many ways our world doesn't care about people. It cares about things more than people. Take the language of economic growth and what the politicians tell us. What does that mean? Well, so often it means that people have to be sacrificed for the sake of material prosperity. Is it complicated? Of course it is. But do you see how it goes? In the end, stuff matters more than people. And with God, it's exactly the reverse People will say one day, well, I care about my family and they really matter to me. They are my priority. And so often I keep coming across people who spend ages at work so they never see their families in order to be able to provide the lifestyle that's the best for their children and for their families. But the cost is so often in terms of relationships. We live in a society where so often things matter more than people. It's exactly the reverse for God. See, take what happens here when Jesus meets these two people by the lake in verse 16. He sees Simon and his brother Andrew, and they're casting their nets. And uh, he says, Come on, follow me, and I will make you fish for people. So here they are, they are fishermen. But he says, I've got something else for you to do. I want you to fish for people because people matter more than fishing. Now, what's going on there? Does Jesus not like fishing? I mean, I mean, I mean if he was in our culture, would it be, you know, give up your accountancy and, or give up your banking or give up your teaching? I mean, does he not like work? Is that what it's about? Well, no, the reason he uses the example of fishing is because, as the text tells us, they were fishermen. If they'd been accountants, he would have given an accountancy example. I have no idea what he would have said. (laughs) I cannot imagine what Jesus would have used. Come and follow me and I will... I don't know how that works. which is probably why it's a good thing. It's fishing. What Jesus is saying is that there's more to life than fishing. It's not that fishing's not important. In fact, at various points, the disciples went back to fishing. There's nothing wrong with fishing. There's nothing wrong with Christians being accountants or lawyers or teachers or whatever. But the thing is that if, The aim of your life, the center of your life is accountancy or your career, whatever that is, whether it's fishing or not. Jesus is saying, there's more to accountancy than accountancy. There's more to banking than banking. There's more to fishing than fishing because I really care about people. And I want people to be part of the kingdom. I care about them. And so I want you to be part of something greater. Follow me, and I will make you fish for people. God cares about people. He wants people to be changed as they become part of the kingdom of God. And He wants us to participate in that. All of us, accountants, lawyers, as well as people like me, Or Kylie, who've gone to Bible college and then are going to go out and teach Scripture and preach. All of us. So why should you think about Jesus and following Him? Why should you consider Christianity? Why are you a Christian? If you're already a follower of Jesus Christ, I I hope these are three convictions that you have. I'm a Christian because there's nobody like Jesus. And my life is precious and I wouldn't want to give it to anybody or anything else in that kind of way. Number two, because Jesus offers life, become, becoming part of the kingdom. And because God cares about people and he wants me to share in that. And if you're a person who's still thinking about these things, well, here are three reasons why you should take Christianity seriously. Because there's nobody like Jesus. Because to follow Jesus becomes, means becoming part of the kingdom of God. And because God cares about you and He has a purpose for your life, that's why. So, how do you um, become part of the kingdom? And that's how I want to finish. You know, it begins with you, it begins with your heart, it begins with what's central to you. Notice what Jesus says in verse 15 The kingdom of God has come near. Now, what's the response to be repent and believe the good news? Sounds so simple, doesn't it? It's actually the hardest thing you'll ever do. Hardest thing you'll ever do. Let me tell you why. Because to repent means saying no to building the kingdom of me. That's what it means. I'm not going to go that way anymore. I'm going to turn my back on that. And instead I'm going to go the way of Jesus, I'm going to go the way of the kingdom. And belief, Believe means to trust Jesus, to trust God. And that's really hard. That's at the root, in a sense, of all our problems about God, that ultimately we don't trust Him. We don't think he wants the best for us. We're not convinced that he can be trusted to follow through. We're not sure that if we respond to him, our life will work out quite as well as it would if we went our own way. So we have to trust him, and that's what he means. To repent is to say no, and to believe means to trust your life to Jesus Christ. Sounds easy, doesn't it? Sounds really easy. And in one sense it is. But if you repent and believe, it will change your life. Change your life. Are you up for that? Those of you who are already followers of Jesus Christ, are you saying, I'm so pleased that I'm part of the kingdom of God? Because there's nobody like Jesus and there's no life like being part of the kingdom of God. And despite the ups and downs, there is nothing like life to the full. And there's nothing like being part of God's great work of reaching out to people. And if you're still thinking about these things, why not make a decision to say yes to Jesus? No to building the kingdom of yourself. Yes to being part of the kingdom of Jesus and trusting your life to Jesus Christ. I'm going to put a, a prayer up on the screen in just a moment, but, but before I do that, please would you turn to those white sheets And if you've not already filled in the preliminary details, can I encourage you to do that now? We're asking everybody to do it, so however long you've been coming here. And now I'm going to invite you to, uh, to pray this prayer. If you'd like to, do, do it quietly. You don't have to speak it out loud the person next door to you doesn't need to know you're praying this and what it's saying is this i want to say yes to jesus and being part of the kingdom so today i want to begin a new chapter in my life my life's been going in this particular direction with all kinds of twists and turns i know But I've not really been part of the kingdom of Jesus. I've not said yes to him. And I want to do that this morning. And I want Jesus to be at the center of my life. I want to trust. I am going to trust my life to Jesus. So I'm saying yes to Jesus and no to my old life. And then I want to thank you. Thank Jesus for his invitation to be part of the kingdom so just have a look through and then i'm going to pray slowly and if you'd like to join me quietly then i invite you to pray that and the important thing is that you've said it and god knows you've said it and the important thing about praying that prayer is that there's nothing special about the words but it's a marker for you So you're able to say, you know, there was a Sunday morning where I said those words and it was the beginning for me of a new journey in my life, a new chapter. And that's where I began to understand what it meant to be part of the kingdom of God and to have a new life. So I'm going to pray this, please, if you'd like to join me in. Praying quietly. Father God, today I want to begin a new chapter in my life. I want Jesus to be at the center. And so I say no to my old life and yes to Jesus. Thank you for Jesus. And for his invitation to join your kingdom, I now readily give my life to him. And amen means, I really mean that, I really mean that. Father, you know our hearts, you know every single one of us, you know us even better than ourselves. Father, I want to pray for every person who's prayed that prayer. Thank you that you can be trusted whenever anyone turns to you and you respond. And Father, for those for whom this is inking in what we already know and what we already believe, Father, please give to each of us a new conviction a renewed conviction of how great Jesus is, how wonderful he is, is, how wonderful the life is of your kingdom and the great privilege of being part of your purpose in this world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Last thing.